This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to The Soul's Journey with Tom Jacobs. A fresh look at astrology shaped by channeled wisdom on the soul and its human journey. Enjoy inspirational insights on how to change karma and make changes for the better. And now, here's Tom. Welcome back to another episode of The Soul's Journey. This is Tom Jacobs from tdjacobs.com. And uh, tonight I'm doing uh, the reading for Anna S., who is the very first winner of the monthly drawing to have a reading on the air with me. We did this as a pre-recorded phone call because of scheduling. Uh, you can enter every month by writing me at tom at tdjacobs.com and with the subject line TSJ Monthly Drawing. Any month you don't win, you can enter again the next month and the next month. You can enter every month, but, I, but it's going to start over after I pick a winner around the mid-month. It's going to start over each time. Announcements very quickly. Right now I'm in Portland, Oregon, and I'm doing two meditation channeling energy work events, Saturday, May 2nd uh, at Yoga on Yam Hill in downtown Portland, and also Sunday, May 3rd at Flow Hot Yoga in Vancouver, Washington. I'm really excited to do those events here. These are opening the heart, clearing stuff out. Saturday's event in Portland is focused on relationships and boundaries. And Sundays is an energy-clearing, heart-opening uh, workshop. So let's get into uh, to Anna's uh, reading. Thanks again, Anna, for uh, for being willing to uh, to do this and get your reading live on the air. Let me give uh, let me give you her birth data so you can draw up her chart and follow along. July 9th, 1991, in Chillicothe, Missouri. That's C H I L L I C O T H E, Missouri. And the time is right at midnight. Hello. Hey, Anna. It's Tom. Hey. Nice hey, to meet you, kind of. <laughs> nice to meet you, too. You were in my dream last night. Oh, my God. What was going on? Yeah, I met your girlfriend, and then you were there, and your girlfriend was also an astrologer. I said, oh, that makes sense. And then um, I kept writing down a list of things to talk to you about, and yeah. you got, like, me and my sister and my grandparents, and we, like, met in this conference room. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> I mean, my girlfriend is an astrologer. Uh, she doesn't do it full-time for work, but she definitely has that that skill and ability, and that does that sometimes. But I haven't met your family, so who knows what will happen no. <laughs> what will happen down the road? What I'd love to do is start with what uh, what you might want to understand about yourself better, or questions you might have had about your chart, or anything like that that we can start with. Okay. Yeah, I know. I didn't have a, too many, I guess, like specific questions, but there are some parts of my chart that um, because I love astrology and that I would love to hear your insight on. And that would be my north and my south node. And also just that whole kind of opposition going on in my chart around my nodes. Yeah. Um, Because, like, my sun and then I've got, um, what is it, Neptune and Uranus. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, that's a great place to start. And if, if you hadn't um, wanted to go there, I would have taken us there uh, because it's really important, <laughs> that, that whole bit. Uh, yeah, it is. It's really important. Um, well, the first thing to say is that, as you may know from listening to the show some or, read, or if you've read any of my books, I treat the south node of the moon as telling of our conditioning in many lives. So, so our soul says, when I'm born as Anna S., I'm going to be helpless and clueless. And also in a bunch of other lives when I'm born, babies are helpless and clueless. So I need to be trained how to be a person. So the soul picks these, this kind of family nexus, this web. And I call it the conspiracy of love between souls because these souls say, this is the kind of journey I'm on. Can you, can you hook me up with this kind of karmic incubator and let me be born into your family, and all the other souls are like, yeah, of course. Yeah, let's do it. And so, so they're all agreeing to do it. So your south node's in the sign of cancer, and, and, and it's in the, the end of the fourth house. I'm going to read it in the fourth because it, it's pulled into the fourth and anchored there by sun and Vesta and cancer too. But south node in the fourth is about family and home and being defined by, who, by the people and places you come from. So there's going to be some kind of tradition that you're born into. And, and it's true for every person, but it's louder, louder with you. So really clear expectations of what it means to be our last name. Like this is our religion. This is ha- what happened to our ancestors. This is where we come from. This is our old, you know, old world language, wh- whatever, that, you know, whatever that may be, if, if there's an ethnic background in there that's not like Anglo or whatever. Um, there's a sense of, being tied to tradition and time. There's also this real emphasis on emotion, and the family will be full of people trying to figure out how to deal with feelings. That's, that's one of the keys of fascinating cancer. What are we supposed to do with this? What am I supposed to do? So cancer and the fourth node do overlap, or sorry, cancer, south node, and the fourth house. They're both related to the moon archetype. So there's definitely you know, some, some overlap between fourth and a cancer. And I'd say that south node is fourth house stuff and cancer done in a cancerian way. So how do, we do, how do we deal with family? How do we deal with belonging and togetherness? Well, we're going to deal with it in a cancerian way. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So, um, so feelings, needs, and here's the big one, safety and security are going to be huge themes in your family. People are going to be trying to figure out how to be safe. What am I supposed to do to ensure survival and to be safe? And along that, along the path of doing that, sometimes people are not safe, and that can be frightening. So you're also born into a family where they're trying to figure out what to do with fear. Again, that's a normal human thing, but it's really loud in your, in your karmic history and the family you're born into. So that's just like, that's like the setup, right? Then mm-hmm. we add son we add sun to it. Sun is about ego and creativity and expression. What often happens when somebody has a sun conjunct a south node, there, there are a couple different levels of it. One of them is that somebody in the family system is typically orbited as though a star. So someone in your family is going to have a huge ego, good or bad, you know, healthy or unhealthy. Somebody's going to have this, like, big, personality, this giant sense of self, and everybody else probably kind of orbits that person. 
because you're all together learning about how to do ego. Like, how should we have ego? Well, one soul says, hey, you know what? I'll have this giant ego. Or I'll have this, um, you, just, you know. And then everyone else is like, sure, we'll, we'll try to orbit that, but it's going to be uncomfortable because, well, we have to do it too, but how do we do it if you're taking up all the air in the room? So that's a huge part of the karmic journey for you and your family together in a bunch of lives. You, can you think hmm. of that, who that person is? Is that the parent? It could be a I man don't know. Or a woman. That's don't what know? popped into my mind. My family is kind of split. Um, when I was probably 13, and part of the family doesn't have anything to do with part of the family, and the other okay. it's just like this weird, but I am a part of all of them. Uh-huh. And so I'm wondering if it's both my mom and my dad, or one of them. I mean, they both have big egos. <laughs> It could be, yeah, it could be. Yeah, it's, it, it doesn't, sometimes it's one person, sometimes it's everybody or a couple, but, every, you know, but everyone's trying to figure out how to, how to shine. You know, how do I, how can I get center stage? How can I do what I want to do? That kind of egoic thing. And I don't use ego as a bad word, like in spirituality, mm-hmm. like, oh, another three-letter word. I don't do that because I, I say that each person needs to develop ego and then align it with something true or something real. So I, I definitely say we should invest in ego. But yeah, it's like just a theme in your family, like how, how can I do that? And it could be that the split for in your family has to do with, with you know, one person, want, like both people wanting to take up faith. Like that could be the reason for the split, which would be part of this karmic, uh, karmic story. You know what I mean? Like, like, like maybe in a groove where one person's less, out there, but then that person wakes up and is like, hey, I want to do what I want to do, and then suddenly it's like you can't have two sheriffs in town, that kind of, that kind of, I wouldn't be surprised if like that was, that, that was, you know, akin to what happened, but mm-hmm. um, anyway, yeah. so that's the sun and cancer, but all of you together are trying to figure out how to belong and how to stay together, which of course means sometimes not being together. So realize that, because you didn't just say, well, I mean, that phrasing you used, like there was a split. Like that's really obvious, and that's and that's part of the cancer south note. How how like the soul is exploring how to be together. So, um, so there so there's that, and then Vesta with it. Vesta is this dwarf planet that's about um, uh, devotion to something. So devotion to sun, creativity, shining, you know, developing a healthy sense of self. There's like a real devotion there. So people in your family really get a healthy ego. They're doing something useful for others or they're being of service in some way. That's a Vesta in cancer. So you're coming from a long line of people who are trying to figure out how to help other people, trying to figure out how to deal with their own stuff so that they can help other people with their stuff. And, and, and it sounds like some humanitarian mission, but it could be through business or politics. It could be through anything. But there's a sense of something's really important here that has to be done. And that's really a loud theme in your karmic story as well. Hmm. Um, yeah, you, you know, like, like when, you, when you're at your best, when you're at your best Cancerian self, you're trying to do something that matters. Like you can't avoid Vesta, which is um, devotion or being of service or helping or something like that. I'm not trying to paint you as a kind of, um, you know, selfless martyr, but there's a sense of Vesta that's going to be inherent in you. When you're when you're doing the, the Cancerian thing, in a good way. you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, and I mean, it yeah. kind of is like that. I'm a I'm a teacher and student at the School of Metaphysics, 
and mm-hmm. it's pretty much living, breathing service yeah. all the time. Yeah. So, so that's your karmic history. You're, you're redoing it, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But oh, now great. as we get into yeah, 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 it's all good. It's all good. That's what's normal and natural, but that one's always a comfort zone. It's always what we prefer to do and what we gravitate toward when we're stressed. But the other thing is that it's um, because we're really good at it. So if other things get chaotic, we'll be like, well, I'm going to go do that thing because, well, at least I know that I can do that well. So, so in a bunch of lives, you're going to find yourself in that position, in some kind of helping, healing, service-oriented position. And the thing with Vesta is it's all or nothing. Like you said, living and breathing, you know, that kind of work and that life, that's the Vesta influence. And, uh, you know, in, in some lifetimes you may gravitate towards some kind of priesthood or being a priestess or serving a goddess or serving a principle or a cause. Like that would be normal for you. That would be normal. But that's the south note, right? Um, now the north node is always, you know, in the chart it's always the opposite, obviously. And it's 180 degrees away. And what it represents is something that we haven't done a bunch of and we may feel isn't available to us even if we want to do it. What tends to happen when people have planets and points, and you have that um, Uranus and Neptune, as well as the, the true black moon Lilith, which I'll explain here, and also um, the asteroid Juno, you have all four of those near the north node. So when, you know, if it's just the north node alone, sometimes we're like, well, I guess I don't get to do that. But when there's a planet there, we often know that we, that we should do it. There's something about that we have to do. So if you think about what you know about Neptune and Uranus, there's a, there, there may be a craving to do it, but in a bunch of lives, a healthy version of it has been left out. So that's the idea of a planet conjunct, the North Node. So for you in the 10th house, the North Node is, I need to get away from being defined by the people and places I come from and the service and helping and healing that I can offer. I need to move into establishing a place for myself in the world so that I can make a mark, that I can, accomplish, I can build something in my community or the world, not just at home and not just in the community of, like, this neighborhood, but what, what part do I want to play in the world having an effect on the world, scale being relative. It doesn't have to be, you know, how can I help these 7 billion people specifically? But it's like... <laughs> You know, it's like, the, it's like something outside the comfort zone. So essentially, you are going to be, have been born with the need to do something beyond the limiting confines of what your, what your family modeled for you and taught you. The need to, to do something in your community that nobody in your family knows how to do or could teach you how to do. That's kind of the mission. That's the North Node and the Tenth. In Capricorn, it is building something and being somebody who is, you know, has, um, you know, developing authority, developing competency and mastery of whatever you do. So, you know, Capricorn, Tenth House, North Node, it's about getting organized so that you can create the effect you want. So that's just, that's just the baseline. That makes sense so far? Yeah, yep, makes a lot of okay. sense. <laughs> so if you say, if you say in your head, um, uh, okay, 
how how would I make this happen regarding a career or a job? You might go to a trusted family member, and that person will not be able to tell you how to do it. That's the fundamental thing. And if you think about how people in your family have experienced ambition, which is a 10th house Saturn kind of keyword, 10th house Capricorn, you know, how they did it won't work for you because you have to learn something new about it. Again, with these planets that I'm going to talk about. Um, but the North Node is often a blind spot, and we don't, we, even if we want to do it, which I think you're, you're going to have a craving because there's like these planets that, that are really important. But even if you, even if, um, you want to do it, you're, you may come up against these, um, these like clueless parts of you that just keep shrugging and, and throwing their hands in the air and being like, I don't know. How do I do this? I don't know. And so you have to like invent this way of being in the world new. The, the karmic thing with planets on the north node is that in some lives, you see other people doing it, but you don't get to do it. That's the key here. So Neptune and Uranus. But your, Neptune is that connection to the divine and its connection to the collective and the masses. And it's the sense, developing the sense of meaningfulness because we connect with spirit or with capital T truth or, you know, we flow with capital A art or whatever, like capital M mysticism. But we, we have this connectedness and we can bring through Neptune, which is that, which is that um, otherworldly consciousness into this world, right? In some lives, Neptune's missing for you, meaning it's far away. It's opposite your south node. Same with Uranus freedom, individuality, inventiveness, and your own personal genius. So with Uranus matching together, your own personal genius is, for example, the wisdom that comes from dreams and the wisdom that flows from getting lost in the creative process where you're flowing. Have you had that experience? Like obviously you told me about the dream in the beginning, but that creative idea, that kind of mystical opening, is that something that you've had experience with? Um, yes and, yes and no. I think that I'm, um, becoming more aware of it with, um, more experiences, I guess. Yes. Good. Good. What, what you're going to, what you should find is that whatever it is that makes you feel the most alive, that's kind of a Uranian awakening idea. Uranian stuff, whatever it is that makes you feel most alive, you will find through uh, happenstance, synchronicity, dreams, you know, weird Neptunian things. Your, your personal genius, your, your Uranus, is activated through Neptune, which is that otherworldly thing. So, like, if you're talking mm-hmm. to somebody sometime and suddenly the energy in the room changes and you feel like your eyes you like transfixed and you're like, what is this person trying to mesmerize me or something? Like if you feel that kind of energetic connection, that's an opening for you to access these planets. Mm. So, so I see mysticism, but it's also like this otherworldly thing. It's not, it's a, how do you say it? It's like not normal experience of time. Like this morning I went to get a cup of coffee before our call and the lady at the counter asked me how I was doing, and I was really weirded out because I'm having a very Neptunian chapter right now. And I, I literally would think 10 seconds had gone by this morning, and I'd look at my watch, and it had been about five minutes. That kept happening, 
So like the hour before our call, it felt to me like a, a couple of minutes. But I had my watch on, and I was really like watching it. I was, you know, watching. I was really like, paying attention to it so I wouldn't miss the time. But I was totally in this otherworldly space where sometimes I'll talk to my spirit guides. Sometimes it's just non-ordinary time. But it's that non-ordinariness, right? Mm-hmm. So allowing yourself to be vibrated toward things is part of the goal here because Neptune's new frontier for you. So how, what I recommend is, you know, what, what's true? And then your brain has an idea. But for you to evaluate the vibratory realness of something, like, like, I have, like, three, like tomorrow you might do three different things, right? Or you might have three different um, ways of, of achieving a goal or something. And you're like, which one should I pick? Your brain will always have an idea or ten. But there's, there's one of those ideas that feels right. And that's Neptune. That, that Neptunian sense of, wait a minute, well, what vibrates is true? What feels real here? And I always do a thought experiment when I'm doing Neptune stuff. And I will say, I imagine myself doing it this way, and I'll feel, no, that's not right. You know, but it, it comes with practice to get that discernment going. What feels true here? What feels right? I do it when I schedule classes or when I organize something or I have an idea for a teaching, and I'm like, should this be an MP3 or a book? And I'll imagine it, and I'll see if it feels true or if it kind of deflates and falls on the floor. And that, that's a Neptunian imagination kind of thing, because you're, you're, is this true? Is this real? Anyway, for what it's worth, that kind of process is really, really good for you to employ, because it's been left out in a bunch of lives, and you're like, what the hell is this Neptune stuff? I want to know, but it <laughs> looks like you don't get to do it. You know, it looks like it. You know, it may at times look like it. So anyway, so that's, so that, that's one thing that... Um, you know, one thing that comes through with this. And, and the other layer of this is Neptune as a job. <laughs> you know, like if you're doing a school of metaphysics stuff, you're, you're doing it. Like you're heading in that direction. Because cause metaphysics really takes us into ne- Neptunian territory. And, and, and it's also Uranian enough, it's different than the status quo enough, that it will take you into that north node plenty. You know what I mean? Like, like if, I, if I asked you what you're doing and, you're, and you said... Um, um, I work at an animal shelter. That would totally be Cancer Sun with Vesta in the fourth house. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like something that you might be inclined to do to be of service and you know to help. Yeah. And, yeah. But but being involved in a school of metaphysics school, it may feel like a family. It probably is, but it's still a tenth house thing. So it works. So you know it works with the signature because it takes you into the into the world to a degree. Okay, so does all that make sense before I add in Lilith? And yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. okay, so Lilith in here, Lilith is the instinctive wild. Lilith is witchy energy. So, you know, for you to be involved in something metaphysical, it would have to include Lilith because otherwise it wouldn't feel true. I mean, I mean, you're pretty young, but I think you're in that North Node group. I mean, to inhabit fully and consciously, maybe awaiting you, but as far as like allowing this opportunity to kind of come in and unfold, I think this is a lot about your North Node and then how, how you can through, through um, work, through community involvement outside the home, learn more about these energies. But Lilith is this witchy energy. 
lower chakra wisdom. I call it the energy of the earth that comes up through our bodies and lives in our lower chakras, primarily the lower two. And lower chakra wisdom is not verbal or intellectual. It is our animal nature. So Lilith is one of the energies in our chart that connects us with instinct. So if something looks good on paper, and then you're standing there in that situation and your skin crawls, that's Lilith saying this doesn't work for me. And, and you can't explain why it doesn't work for you. That's the key to Lilith. It's not like, well, this set up, blah, blah, blah. No, you can't explain it. You just you have to leave. So, so for you to let, to let your work decisions, your, you know, what you are building, what the future looks like for you, like to let all that, that kind of 10th house idea be informed by this pre-verbal, primordial instinct is part of the story here too. So Lilith, I actually specialize in Lilith, and uh, I'm on a trip, and so I've been telling people um, the story of the, my Lilith book, which is the most popular of my books, but I don't even promote it because it's the most popular. I'm trying to like boost sales of other things. But people love it. You know, people crave it because it's a positive take on this feminine energy. And the Lilith story, just culturally, in Judeo-Christian culture, is that you shouldn't... Like, if you're a woman, the patriarchy says you should just do what you're told. And Lilith is, i got to do my own thing. i got to be autonomous. I have to go against the status quo. And I can't, you know, darn your socks just because your socks have holes in them. I have to live my life. So there's this, like, strong, independent, feminine energy that comes through with blood. And so one of your jobs in this life is to embrace that because it's on your north. So Lilith is so important for you. And uh, if you look her up on websites or in, in many books, you'll find something negative, which is that she's the mother of all demons uh, and all these terrible things about evil. But in fact, that's just culture trying to tell you not to think for yourself. If you're feeling feminine energy, you know, whether you're a man or a woman, you know, it's demonic. You shouldn't do it. So anyway, that's kind of Lilith key. Um, that's, that's the Lilith thing. It's really important for you. I was and joking so, with my boyfriend, I guess it was a few weeks ago, because I've never paid attention to, like, Lilith or the other, um, mm. I guess, asteroids or whatever. And we were looking it up, and with it being in the 10th house, I, I was telling him that I'm going to be a bad person. I said, I'm supposed right. to be a bad person. And he's, right. like, telling me that I was stupid, being silly. But yeah, that's yeah. how they make it out to be. They do, because they don't know any better. <laughs> they just don't know any better. Because, well, what I do with myth is that I take myth as um, social instruction. Like, don't do this, don't do that. You know, like with Narcissus in the Greek tradition. Well, don't, get, don't fall in love with your own reflection because then you'll be selfish. But in fact, there's an archetypal thread within us that we need to get to know. So the myth is social instruction. The archetype is what we actually feel. But we can't be controlled if we trust the archetypes within us. If we trust our own consciousness, trust our own decision-making abilities, you know, we, we can't do it. And um, like with Narcissus, putting yourself first and really investing in yourself, self-interest, self-care, that's actually important. 
the story comes through as don't be selfish because he fell in love with his own image. Don't be vain. Don't be uh, vainglorious or like obsessed with your own beauty. But in fact, you want to put yourself first. You know, anyway, with Lilith, it's, it's all about patriarchy. It's all about, you know, almost 6,000 years of monotheistic religion and how the patriarchy is this, ma- this masculine-based mindset. And when I use masculine and feminine, I'm not talking about men and women. I'm talking about masculine does and controls things, and feminine energy is and experiences things, feels. And whenever there's a differentiation, which is the hallmark of patriarchy, the one, the masculine energy, tries to control or shape or dominate the feminine. And we're just living through that as a culture. And so, so for you, in different lives, you're going to have a sense of that, uh, that medicine woman or that shaman or medicine man or whatever. You're going to have a sense in different lives of those people are connected to the earth and they are they're beyond reason, right? Some in the South note says you've experienced a lot of things in many lives where reason needs to, to rule. Even the heart, cancer, cancerian stuff, but reason, logic. And you're like, I have to find Neptune and Lilith and Uranus. These are, these are beyond logic, right? Lilith is instinct. Neptune is that, that resonant sense of what vibrates as true that you can't deny. And then Uranus is that genius inventor, rebel within you. So you're, you know, for you to shake yourself free of the status quo and then do whatever you want in the world that feels true for you is what this nodal axis says. But you're going to find in different ways that other people can be uncomfortable if you are real. And that's the real job here. And so, you know, to overcome the fear of other people, which is the fear of the collective that kind of trickles down to, to people you know, overcome the fear of that and be fully authentic. And that will in some ways mean or seem to mean pulling away from what is safe, but that's the point with the North. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Now, all that said, transiting Pluto is over these bodies. For the last few Transiting years Pluto is? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Pluto's, yeah. Pluto's at 15 Capricorn right now, and the North Node's at almost 19, and then Lilith at 17, Neptune at 15, Uranus at 11. So for several years, you're getting this, this intense wake-up call to um, make something happen here, like to, make, like to do the thing that matters to you most. That's like the call of Pluto. But what it does is it actually, there's like this, this fleet of bulldozers that comes on your property. And Pluto's wearing the hard hat, and he's like, all right, uh, this doesn't work, that doesn't work. And you're like, this is my life. And he's like, no, 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 no. That's actually just a structure of your life. It's an idea of who you are. Uh, we're bulldozing the 95% of the buildings on this, on this land that, that aren't real. And you're like, no, 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 this is my life. And Pluto's like, it's your life as you've created it through certain, you know, assumptions and biases and beliefs. Trust me, you don't need that. So who you are in the world, Pluto transit into your 10th house. Who you are in the world, it needs to be bulldozed. Not just is being bulldozed, but it has to be so you can, you can like rise from the ashes as the phoenix, fully authentic. That's the idea. Now, 
Well, that's very wow. dramatic. Yeah, it's very dramatic, right? And you might be like, well, I'm not really experiencing... Uh, oh, no, I'm totally experiencing Oh, that. you are? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like okay. 100%, and maybe, maybe I'm just kind of dramatic. <laughs> that's what it feels like. Well, yeah, that's, it's okay. I want you to realize, like, like, you know, like you're a, you're a Pluto in Scorpio person, right? So um, uh, you're born in the uh, you know, middle of 91. And so, you know, you haven't been around the block with, much Plutonian energy just because of the number of years you've been on the planet. You know, so, so this is your, I mean, when you were young, younger kid, Pluto did oppose your moon, but you're like eight, nine, ten years old. So, what, you know, so, you know, Plutonian experiences as a kid are hard, but as an adult, you're going to have many more of them is what I'm getting at. But this is your, like your, your adult initiation into what Pluto is about. That's why I'm, so, so the idea of the bulldozer, I want you to, to trust, and I want you to remember this for as long as you're paying attention to your chart as you, as you continue you know, to grow in age. I want you to realize that Pluto's bulldozers never remove something that is real and true and that will carry you forward in, in a real way. So this job, that home, this relationship, that friendship, you know, this, uh, this uh, way of living or whatever, if it's being bulldozed, our job is to know we're going to survive it and confront the fears that are coming up as the thing is being destroyed. That's our job. Plutonian healing is about empowerment. And real empowerment is absolute, total, unflinching, unashamed self-knowledge and absolute, total, unflinching, unashamed self-acceptance. That's, that's what Pluto is really about. So look at what's being bulldozed or what is trying to crumble or is disintegrating and look at it and say, I'm willing to trust that I can survive this disintegration and I can rebuild something better in its place, something that serves me better going forward. But that's, the, that's like something to realize. Whatever is being bulldozed, it needs to go, but your brain doesn't like it. You know what I mean? Your brain doesn't like it. So we have to become empowered not through the external attachment. That's the big idea. So if you think money empowers you, you will lose money during a Plutonian time. If you think uh, having letters after your name, like advanced degrees, is empowerment, you will not be able to get those letters. If you think... Um, the respect of this person, this mentor or this family member or this employee or whatever, this colleague, if you think that respect gives you power, you will not have that respect or you'll get it and lose it. You understand the image, like an external attachment? Mm, yeah. Okay. So your real job is to say, what do I want to do in the world? What? And a better question, a better way to look at that is, what do I want my adult working self, what, what do I want to create with that? What, what effect do I want to have in the world, on my community, and with others? Like, what effect do I want to have? And then really looking at any fears you have about making that happen. And that's going to be the Plutonian process for you with it. 
<sighs> I know. Now, <laughs> the, other, the thing is that you, natally you have Pluto in the eighth house. So, you know, Pluto in Scorpio in the eighth, right? That's this undistilled or unwatered down, you know, energy, right? Pluto is associated with Scorpio in the eighth house. So you're already a Plutonian person. Like even though you're Cancer with the Gemini moon and a Pisces rising, yeah, that's great, right? These kind of, you know, other energies, and that's great. Yeah, but then there's this thing about you in the eighth house. Like, and not everybody will know that about you because the eighth house is not a public house. It's very private. And it's where you will reveal who you are to those you trust. That's the eighth house, right? Um, but so you're being asked, to go through an external plutonium process when what you're accustomed to is an internal, private one. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So whatever was crumbling, let it crumble and know that you're going to make it because that will be digging into Pluto within you. Pluto represents our survival instinct. That's really deep like, like two chakras. Are you familiar with the chakras? Like, if you're all, like, metaphysical involved, like, you probably are, but you know about yeah. the chakras. Okay. So Pluto, in the way that I understand it, relates to the first, the root chakra, which is, like, survival issues and safety and security, and also the third chakra, which is personal power. So you, you probably know that it's really hard to have a healthy third chakra, personal power, like making choices and being okay with the choices we make if the root chakra isn't strong. So if we don't feel safe and secure in the world, we don't have personal power. So Pluto links those two chakras together in, in the way I understand things. And um, so in one sense, in a bunch of lives, having the job or career you want or the impact on the world that you want is far away and seemingly impossible. So you're born in this life with this sense that I've got to figure out how to do it. And now Pluto's over here bulldozing things, and you're like, well, now what? And so I just want you to, you know, it's like you're supposed to, you're supposed to jump. The, the image is like um, you're, you're supposed to kind of jump into this thing that you don't even know if there's a floor. Like you're supposed to jump and then land on your feet, but you don't even know if there's anything down there. Like you're supposed to, you know what I'm saying? Like you're supposed to do this thing, but you're like, how? How can I know that I that I'm not going to just fall through? And so there's this real like um, deep level of faith that I think is called for, you know. And it's easy to tell someone to have faith. What I want you to realize is, um, like when people tell me to have faith, my brain's like, whatever. Like what? What is that? How? How am I supposed to do that? But I'm going to try to tell you how to have faith here. <laughs> um, and, and, and you look around at other people who seem fulfilled in their jobs or their careers or other people who have chosen what they do in the world. Like in some lives, you're, doing, you're creating a career. This is that south node influence, cancer, sun with Vesta on the cancer south node. In some lives, you're picking a career because there's an unmet need like working at an animal shelter because there are so many dogs and cats out there, right, who need help. Or being a nurse because 
people need nurses. Or, you know, like, like you're responding to a cancerian need. And you're looking at somebody in some way, and I'm not saying this is your value system, but you're looking at somebody who's like wearing a business suit and walking down the street and like there's a briefcase in one hand and there's a phone in the other, and you're like, how did that person choose what he or she does? Or, 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 or you, meet, you meet friends of a friend at a dinner party and that person's like, um, oh, I, I love my job as a photographer for uh, magazine, blah, 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 because, you know, I was just in Borneo and I came back and then, and then uh, you know, and now I'm going to go to Austria, to the Alps and do this thing. And you're like, how did that person get into that? So in some lives, you are not choosing what you do for a living. And so now, this, this is a, like a very basic way to look at this. But realize that everybody can make these choices. This is where the faith can come in. It is true that everybody can make these choices. But always remembering that a part of you is karmically conditioned over many lives to believe that you don't get to choose. So you have to, like every time you meet somebody who has a cool job, or who's doing something that he or she always wanted to do. And part of you is like, well, what, what, what do I want to do? Or what would I want to do if I thought I had a choice? Or what do I want to do? Um, you know, that, that's the north note for you with these bodies here. But choosing what, what you'll do. And why. Why? And so if you, like, were at a dinner party or with friends and persons like... Um, oh, I'm just finishing law school, I can't wait to be a lawyer, blah, 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 blah. And you're like, why, why if you could ask that person and a hundred other people, well, why, um, why, do you, why did you do that? Why did you go to law school? And that person will say, well, I wanted to. Or, um, <laughs> you know, my parents, my parents said, uh, well, well, we'll put you through school and law school if you become a lawyer like your uncle and your dad and your grandfather or whatever, right? These different kinds of answers. Um, or I want to make a lot of money, or I love the drama of the courtroom, or I love planning for estate taxes, whatever. Right? They have an answer. And your job in this life is to come up with the right answer that, that vibrates as real and true for yourself. That's part of your, that's part of your thing. <laughs> so all that to say, it's okay. Like if I say to you, what's your dream job? It's okay if you don't know. That's where all this is going, like this, this conversation. It's okay if you don't know because uh, Uranus, Neptune, Lilith, and Juno are all retrograde conjunct the north. Retrogrades say we have to figure something out through trial and error, and we're all invited to be easy on ourselves regarding the retrograde. And also Saturn in the 11th for you, not, not on the nose, but it rules the, the north. And that's retrograde too, Saturn in the 11th. What work, what, what, what hard work, what work ethic am I willing to invest in to create the future I want? Saturn in the house of what I want and what the, what the future looks like is retrograde. So you don't know yet, and that's okay. How, how's all this going for you right now? <laughs> no, I'm just kind of lecturing you, but I want to just pause and check in. See how you do. No, no, it's um, it's great. 
I think I'm just kind of out of place. I mean, this has been going on for for a few years, just things drastically changing. But now I'm at another place where I feel I'm just really um, like I need to go somewhere and um, almost, I guess, kind of like impatient, not exactly knowing where I need to go. And then when I kind of have an idea, then I get really scared or um, I don't even know it's scared. It's definitely kind of a fear and almost like a feeling of just, I'm incapable. I'll never get there. And I have to do this alone, and it's so hard. And right. also not knowing, you know, what what do I hold on to and um, what do I not hold on to? Yeah, yeah. So I'm inviting you to look at all these things, you know, with open eyes, like being really willing to look at those fears and concerns and everything. Because those show you the karma, and I define karma as beliefs that we've developed through difficult or joyful experiences. So what I'm getting at is, how do I do it? I don't know. I'm on my own. Ah, all those things are beliefs that have, been, that have shaped you over time. So it's like the valid experiences have honestly shaped you, but they're just beliefs. And that's what I'm talking about with this Northness, overcoming that. And the way to, to really use Lilith, Neptune, and Uranus together in Capricorn is to only build, only move toward what you instinctively what, what, in, what opens you and activates instinct. So, so like, don't, or I would invite you to avoid getting lost in something limiting. And, you know, if you're doing, if whatever you're doing at a particular time in your life feels limiting, okay, because this whole trial and error process is in play. You know, I'm not sure what I want or how to do it or the right way to do it. For you, letting Neptune and Lilith guide you is the key. And Neptune is the strange synchronicity. Um, and Lilith is that lower chakra wisdom that's undeniable. So um, one thing I want to mention is that I, this is actually on my mind before I saw your chart. I was just in Vancouver with my friend uh, Teza, who's an Akashic Records reader, who's very Neptune. She has surrendered to guidance. She is like surrendered to truth. And it's beautiful. But she's learning about Lilith now. And I was telling her, and I was like, why am I telling her this? And it's because it's for her, but I'm also talking to you now, and it's the same message. When we're guided, meaning we trust that life is working with us, and that we are supported, then we can allow things to happen. If, if we're in our brains and controlling everything, can't trust, and we don't allow things to happen, and then we get frustrated, and then we're evaluating what we did wrong, blah, 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 blah. Like that, that's, the, you know, that's the non-Neptune process. Neptune is like, dear universe, I wonder what might happen next. Thanks in advance for all the cool stuff you're, you're helping me with. Like that, that, that idea of co-creation is Neptune, working with life. But realizing that you don't know how things work. You don't 
Like your brain can't guess how something's going to go. But that's one of the big ideas here. So I was telling her this, and then um, uh, I was writing down the names on a little piece of the paper of all the people who uh, entered the drawing this month, right? The drawing that you've won this month, the very first, you know, on-air reading. And I was shuffling these pieces of paper, and one of them kept falling out. And I was like, my brain was like, well, I'm going to pick a winner after I shuffle them. I swear, it's like three times it fell out in a minute. And it was yours, and I was like, oh, that's Neptune. I'm being guided to pick you. Right? <laughs> that's Neptune. This thing that I can't understand why it happened. I don't know. I couldn't have guessed. But this, this paper kept leaping. Why? Out of the little stack of papers, did yours keep le- kept leaping out? This is Neptune. This weird thing that my brain can't understand, but feels true. Right? So here I am telling you about this. Pluto transit, and part of you is like, you're reporting that, yeah, part of you doesn't know how it's going to happen. I'm telling you, as a Neptunian person, I'm telling you, somebody who's learning to be Neptunian, that you trust the flow. That's one of the big keys here for you. You trust the flow, but then you also trust your lower chakra wisdom. And one of the things to do with Lilith Neptune here, and it's like an exercise to use on a daily basis to strengthen this part of you. It's not like the be-all and all answer, but it's an exercise to develop this within your consciousness. And it's um, look at how you choose food and let it change based on what your body tells you. Like, you know, like, like I love broccoli. Broccoli is one of my favorite foods. That's just, you know, something that's true about me. I go to the store, my brain says, oh, I love broccoli. I can't wait to get broccoli. I get there, and I'm vibrated away from the broccoli. My body says no. And I go, and I'm like, I have to go over here, and asparagus feels right. I pick up asparagus, my whole energy field lightens. I pick up broccoli, my energy field kind of darkens or gets heavy. That is Neptune Lilith together. What, hmm. what feels true? What, so, so anyway, so I'm, I'm suggesting that you play with that. This is when the food gets to your mouth, like on the fork, as well as when you're choosing food in a store. Really look at the vibration and attune yourself to what opens you and what feels bright and shiny and good. That, that's, and you get used to it over time because then you're going to use that instinctive thing to help you for the rest of your life regarding what you want to do. Meaning, sometime you're going to be like, this is what I want. I finally figured out something I want to do. And then the fears come up. And then you're going to say, well, let me tap into this vibration that I learned through Tom's broccoli asparagus exercise. <laughs> or whatever, right? <laughs> apples and oranges or apples and bananas, avocados and bananas, whatever. Um, let me tap into that. What feels true here? And again, that thought experiment. Let me imagine doing that. What happens when I imagine it? Do I open? Does it feel true? Does it feel good? Or does it not? So that's a strategy to use for this because it's been left out in a bunch of lives, developing that instinctive wisdom. It's been left out. And it's your job to recover it and to pull away from the power of reason, which is the sun on the south. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, good, Anna. Thank you so much for uh, entering the drawing and being willing to, to play with me. Uh, play with me on the show this way. I really appreciate it. 
Yeah, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. It has been really helpful. Great. All right. Well, take care. Okay. Bye. Thanks. Bye-bye. There you have it. That's another show, uh, The Soul's Journey. This is Tom at tdjacobs.com. I do private readings, intuitive, guided evolutionary astrology readings, as well as intense energy work, channeling Archangel Metatron and Ascended Master Jehudi, also known as Thoth and St. Germain. You can get all that info, plus info on 15 channeled and written books, and also programmed crystals to boost healing and uh, make life better at tdjacobs.com. If you're in the Portland area, Saturday, May 2nd, meditation event in downtown Portland. Sunday, May 3rd, in uh, Vancouver, Washington. Get all the info through my blog and social media. Thanks for joining me. I'll talk to you next week. Need help getting grounded? What about cleaning up and improving your relationships with your body, money, and others? Energy worker and channel Tom Jacobs infuses crystals with the supportive, clarifying, and empowering energies of Archangel Metatron and Ascended Master Jehudi, a.k.a. Thoth, St. Germain, and Merlin. Charged Tiger Iron powerfully engages your first, second, and third chakras, while Charged Red Jasper activates Chakra 2. Users report improved sleep, deepened meditation, increased trust of their bodies, intuition, and spirit guides, better boundaries, and heightened confidence to follow their passions. Included with each charged piece are channeled resources and ongoing support from Tom Jacobs. Get your charged crystal at tdjacobs.com. You've heard Tom Jacobs, the host of CTR's The Soul's Journey, share insightful perspectives on astrology and spirituality, providing useful tools to help you make life better. Each month, Tom saves his most in-depth analyses for subscribers to his monthly service. Subscribers to tdjacobs.com receive a user's manual for each month when the sun changes sign. The sun's time in that sign, ingresses, retrogrades, major aspect patterns, and new and full moons are covered in depth and help you make the most of the present moment. A channeled meditation and a monthly call to pick Tom's brain are included, as are a number of perks, exclusive materials, and savings on his classes and products. Read more and sign up monthly or yearly at tdjacobs.com. You've been listening to The Soul's Journey with Tom Jacobs, a fresh look at astrology and soul inspired by channeled wisdom. For more information, tune in every Thursday at 6 p.m. Pacific. Connect with Tom directly via www.tdjacobs.com. That's tdjacobs.com.